This is Amplify You, the podcast about you discovering your message and broadcasting it to the world. If you're a coach, author, or speaker, you'll want to tune in. If you're looking for the best return on your time investment to get your message out to the world in a bigger way, we're giving you full access and behind the scenes look of how we're running our podcast, how our clients have found success, and what you can do to launch your podcast today. The world needs your message. I'm Michelle Abraham, the host. Join my family as we unleash your unique genius and find the connections you need to launch your adventure today. Join us and let's get Amplified. Hello, hello, Amplify You family, Michelle Abraham, your host here today, guys. I have got an awesome interview for you. Today, we've got a Ask the Expert interview, and I do, I have an expert for you. I have Christina Van Lakiani with me here. She is the co-founder of Mind Valley, and she has an amazing book about to launch. So let me just first say hi to Christina first, and I'll tell you a little bit more about her. Hi, Christina. How are you? Hi, Michelle. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, so great to have you on here. And now, you know, I've been in the personal development space for a long time. So Mind Valley is a really big name that obviously I look up to. And so to have you here on our show is fantastic. And we have so many of our entrepreneurs who are looking to grow their businesses and get going in the world of the personal development space and making a positive impact there in the world. And I know your message that you have uh, with your new book coming out is really going to land with them. But let me just share a little bit about Christina to you guys, our audience and listeners, um, so that you get to know her as well. So over the last 20 years in the personal transformation industry, Christina is a truly remarkable teacher. And she's a talented international speaker, entrepreneur, artist, philanthropist, and a mother of two. So Christina's come up with something called happiness hacking, which I absolutely love. And we're going to dive into that more later. She's also the author of a transformational quest, Seven Days to Happiness and Live by Your Own Rules. My kind of girl. <laughs> she is recognized as one of the top 10 influential people on the online making a difference in the world today. And she's been awarded uh, the Influencers for Change by the Global Impact Creators. So Christina, amazing. So many cool things. I don't even know where to start. But Christina, let's start off by asking you, what does the word philosophy mean? And your book, Becoming Philosophy, is coming out really soon. So I'd love to just kind of figure out what philosophy means. It sounds like a really cool word. And I'm, did you make it up? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did, but no, I actually didn't. I found it somewhere on the internet. So somebody else had come up with a word, but there's no trace to who it was. So because of that, it's still a new word. It still has uh, some of the fuzzy meaning. You know, some, some of the word, new, new words, they take time before they become um, more or less clear to people. Uh, my, the meaning that I give to it is uh, about, uh, about recognizing your imperfections and seeing uh, your strength and power in your imperfections. So rather than seeing them as your weaknesses, just recognizing that being a natural part of you, your imperfections are actually something which you can learn to value and see your, your strengths in them. Mm, so powerful. Our podcasters who are about to launch their shows oftentimes get the courage to launch a show and then something stops them, just stops them inside from actually going forward with launching this show. And it's that fear of imperfection and that fear of hearing their own voice. Any advice for those for those podcasters that are getting stuck up on those kind of imperfections? Uh, I think uh, a lot of people get stuck with imperfection because imperfection, 
I, I saw this meme somewhere that imperfection spells paralysis. <laughs> so, <laughs> not imperfection, sorry, perfectionism spells paralysis. I, I, I kind of got stuck with the word imperfection. Uh, so perfectionism is is a, is a trap, definitely, and it's definitely a dead end uh, attempt. And um, y- you know, it's an unattainable height usually, uh, because that's the interesting uh, thing about perfectionism: that uh, the more you try to reach it, uh, the further it becomes. Uh, it's uh, it's like you know, you you grow and you become better. So that you can be that perfect version of yourself. And then the more you grow, the more you realize there's still so much more, still so much more to do. So, uh, it is unattainable to a great degree. And I learned it, uh, a long time ago when I was this, uh, a kid. I went to art school and I learned art professionally. And, uh, I know that no matter how long I worked on a piece of art, it was never, it was never that perfect vision that I had in my, in my head. And that would be half the problem, actually, the fact that it's unattainable mostly. The real problem is that because of our obsession with perfection, uh, we create all those things that we later need uh, to to heal, to uh, to sort out, to understand. Uh, because we are uh, obsessed with perfectionism, we can't um, take the the real, you know, the, the the real version of what we are. And then uh, we, our relationship with ourselves just gets gets ruined in that pursuit of perfectionism. So uh, what can I say? Uh, courage is an interesting thing. The only way to develop it is to, to train it. And the only way to train it is to do the things which are scary. And, uh, and one thing I can tell for a fact that uh, fear of something um, like, like uh, speak, public speaking or, or launching a podcast or starting a business is actually not uh, the question of life and death. <laughs> and as scary as it might be, most likely you will be okay, even if you fail very badly. Right. I love it. And you know, it's funny, we have this like saying at our company, if you're not embarrassed by your first few episodes, you wait too <laughs> long to put them out there. So we hope that puts people at ease. We're like, it's okay to be imperfect and have those flaws, but to love yourself and love what you hear. Any suggestions for the people that want to listen back to every single episode and critique everything? I mean, I think your philosophy philosophy really embraces <laughs> that. <laughs> well, uh, for one thing, is that once something is done, uh, maybe it's time to let it go and let it uh, let it go into the world and and make its own way there. Of course, there are sometimes such failures which need to be corrected or, in, in a little less dramatic terms, removed from <laughs> from public domain. <laughs> it it does happen. I, I mean, I've deleted posts and uh, I've uh, I've chosen some some interviews not to go live because just they just were not good enough. But that was never a question of perfection. It was always uh, it was always the failure. You see, the the thing is that we are sometimes so black and white, uh, and and perfectionism uh, sometimes makes us feel that if it is not perfect, then it is a failure. But the but. There's such a huge ground between perfection and a true failure. And everything in between is the actual life because perfection is unattainable. And failure, while it happens, it's also not usually the rule of the game. I mean, if you do podcasts, let's say you do hundreds of interviews, even if, even if 10 are horrible, still you have 90, which is, which are not a failure. So, uh, that's, that's important to, uh, to recognize that, um, 
that not hitting that uh, impossibly high bar doesn't mean that you have to you have to you know stop and redo and start over again yeah that's such a great point i love it is it what's your what's your dream and what's your vision for becoming flawless Blossom, sorry. Becoming it, blossom. It's you know it's so flawless it's like, is like impossible, but flossom <laughs> is awesome. I, I actually it's it's kinda cool that you you said that because so many people uh I would say one in five would make that slip of a tongue. Yeah, it was so easy. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, it's it's probably the opposite of flawless. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I was so entertained, but that, that, that slip that I forgot what you asked. <laughs> no problem. That's all good. I was just saying like how flossom, what's your vision for? Uh, the vision for my book. Awesome. Oh, I totally want it to be a legend. <laughs> and I I can tell you straight away it's imperfect because um, because of the way the nature of uh, publishing books and uh, my vision of it was very different. But uh, you see, when you create when you create something, you're not the only creator of that something. Often, uh, and uh, and it changes, and sometimes it changes in ways that you maybe didn't think were necessary or were the right way or. Or maybe you didn't think about it. So it isn't perfect in my, uh, in my opinion, but that's what makes it so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> totally flossom, right? <laughs> that's great. I want to turn the conversation just a little bit to like your inspiration for this book. Where did that come from? Was that from, you know, being immersed in Mind Valley culture with so many, um, you know, personal development experts over the last 20 years must have had a big influence on this new, um, the new path that you're taking. Can you share a little bit about that journey? Uh, well, yes, I ended up in Mind Valley a little bit accidentally because my personal career choice was uh, first government and then, uh, you know, intergovernmental organizations such as UN. But uh, I, I ended up doing Mind Valley. Um, it was the, these were the circumstances at the very beginning, uh, and um, sometimes uh, sometimes our life takes us uh, in unpredictable directions, and then you find out in the hindsight that that was meant to be. So I ended I ended in Mind Valley. I stopped I stopped rebelling and trying to do something else. Uh, and of course, uh, most of my journey in Mind Valley, I was an entrepreneur uh, and uh, working with other authors and. Part of the journey was, of course, people telling you, you have to do that. But then I'm very obstinate and rebellious person. So just because I have to doesn't mean I will. <laughs> uh, but uh, crossing over to becoming an author was, uh, was um, it happened much later. Uh, I was probably about 15 years into Mind Valley when I started feeling that my message uh, inside me um, was ready. And the curious thing, because I wanted to give you one answer, but as you kept uh, you know, um, growing the question, I realized that what I have to say is that my book and my teachings are a little bit of an act of rebellion of having been in personal growth for 20 years uh, and having seen it for such a long time. And so many people go, go through our uh, industry that uh, I, I think I rebel about, about the things that we, um, we do wrong and we don't even question. And a lot of uh, a lot of uh, my messages are a little bit surprising to people 
because you see, we uh, we talk about people living extraordinary, wonderful, happy, fulfilled, brilliant, Instagrammable, successful lives. All those uh, all those wonderful terms, and then here I come and say, guys, aren't you tired of just trying so hard to be something that you're not? Maybe on this path to those wonderful lives, you actually need need to slow down and ask yourself, am I even going in the right direction? Uh, am I doing the right thing? Or am I, you know, moving from one trap into another? A lot of people come to personal growth feeling that they have escaped a trap of uh, regular everyday life. And then they end up in the same kind of trap with just a different set of rules. Oh my gosh, I absolutely love what you're saying. I've been feeling that lately where the persona that a lot of people have on social media or out there, it's just, it's that trying to be authentic and trying to be real and trying to be, you know, it's almost like exhausting that you're so far from being yourself that you're trying to be authentic, but like, it's just this weird thing. <laughs> this right? is such an oxymoron, what you're just saying, which is brilliant. It's like, you're trying so hard to be authentic. <laughs> is that, you know, like in I think it's in uh, in uh, Pride and Prejudice in the movie. There's this one line which is almost classic: "Act natural." Right? Yeah, act natural. This, yeah, and I think the people that are looking at social media from the outside in are seeing this perfect world, and it's this yeah. unachievable for them. And it, I think it's leading to all sorts of you know mental health issues. Um, and so, knowing that you you know this is what's happening out there. And you're all about self-love and self-care and like, you know, standing up for what you, this message that's inside of you. Our podcasters are wanting to podcast. Our people that we work with are, they know they have a message, but then that act of acting on it. What would you say would be some, some advice for people who haven't had the courage to act on that, that message that's brewing up inside mm -hmm. of them? Yeah. You know, I probably wouldn't be a good person to judge other people's character because I believe that if you are afraid to act on your message, there may be so many different uh, factors that uh, that influence. And uh, I don't want to discount factors which are, uh, you know, not in line with my answer. Because just for example, some people may have trauma which uh, which does make it hard for them to find the courage to share themselves. Some people may be very reserved. But my observation, and I apologize if you are that person who has uh, reasons that I don't understand not to speak up. But my observation is that if uh, when your message is fully matured, you won't be able to hold it in. So sometimes what you need to, to do is to give yourself some time to, to buy in to what you're doing. Uh, and I think a, a maybe funny analogy would be uh, like, you know, when a woman is pregnant and when the time comes, no matter how, how not ready she is for that delivery, it's going to happen. So I think that with messages, the same thing. And a lot of the times we, we try to push that baby out a little too early. Uh, and of course it is a scary process. Um, but I, I strongly believe that message is like a baby. When it has to come, it will come. Such a great answer. And I love it because they're so aligned with our uh, answers with that. I always say it's like a birthing process, like a podcast too. It's not going to happen until it's ready to happen. right? And I, I appreciate what you said where, you know, again, we don't know people's circumstances or situations, but, um, you know, when that message is ready, you'll know. 
and amplify you listeners. I want to make sure you heard Christina say that when you know you won't be able to stop that message from coming out. Is that what happened to you with your Becoming Flossom book? Uh, definitely, yes. Uh, my my book, uh, as I mentioned that earlier, that people kept telling me, you have to write a book. You know how it is. And very often you you live with the knowledge that this is going to happen one day. And book is one of those things which a lot of us think, of course, one day I'll write a book. You know, there are like, I've heard the number 13 million books being published every year. That's oh. almost scary. But on the other hand, having been in personal growth for 20 years, of course, I don't want to add to the noise. Uh, so uh, I wasn't going to write a book unless I knew for a fact that um, that what I had to say, I had to say, and I wouldn't keep it in. Uh, so yeah, definitely, the, you you can't hold it in once uh, once it's coming out. But with that said, you know, as as you as you noticed, I don't like, I don't want judging people, and I think that's one of the big uh, big. Uh, maybe it's a little bit. Not so on the surface, or maybe it's between the lines, but uh, our industry is full of judgment. And well, marketing is built on judgment in, in essence. And I think we, we're we just so jaded with that. So I don't want to add to that, <laughs> to that burden of people judging you. I truly think that we are so much more resilient, so much more brave, so much more beautiful if we just allow ourselves to to be ourselves. And very often it's the judgment that puts us in the box and makes us feel less than because we don't trust. We don't trust that if we are left to our own devices that we'll actually flourish, but we will. And call me naive and optimistic, but that's what I believe in people. I believe in nonviolence. Don't force people. You see, if you, it's like with children, you know, when, when children grow, you can force them and then they will rebel when they grow up or you can nurture them. Mm, beautiful. You're known as the happiness hacker. <laughs> and tell us a little bit about happiness hacking. I think you just alluded to, to a few of the principles a few moments ago, because I think that really essentially leads to happiness right there, what you just said. I and do so mention happiness. You, you know, there's no, no going around it. Of course, I mentioned happiness in the book as well. Although strictly speaking, um, it's not about happiness. And Strictly speaking, my book is not about happiness, it's about self-love. And if we saw the correlation, I believe you need to learn to love yourself if you want to be happy. But then uh, you can't be happy if you don't love yourself. But when you love yourself, it's not a guarantee of happiness. So happiness would be a separate topic to to dive into. And I've, I've taught it for so many years that, of course, there'd be like so much to talk about. But what I want to say is that very often we misunderstand the value of happiness and the necessity of happiness. As I mentioned, you know, you introduced me from my less sexy side. I could talk about business and about building big companies and stuff like that. But, you know, happiness and self-love are considered mushy and squashy. And uh, it's so hard to sell that because a lot of pragmatic people would say, uh, yeah, I kind of get it. But you know what? I need to. Uh, you know, I need to increase my profits. I need to uh, solve that, um, you know, people's uh, problem in my business. And I'm realizing one very interesting thing. Uh, we very often misunderstand our problems. We feel that our problem is in the pragmatic level. It's it's that huge thing that doesn't let me sleep at night because, you know, my business is, uh, let's say, in danger or uh, or like my relationships are strained and, and complicated without realizing that very often the problems are not the problems, but the, uh, 
but the symptoms of the fact that you are discontent and not pleased with yourself and with your life and you're in the wrong place and you don't even know who you are. So as uh, counterintuitive as it might seem, but very often sorting out your relationship with yourself helps you sort out relationships in your outside world. And here I'll bring a very simple example. Um, you know, uh, I had a business partner in, um, I had a business in Russia, of course, not a fashionable thing anymore, but I'm not, uh, I'm not in business in Russia anymore too. But uh, it was 2014 um, when my Russian business, uh, after having done really well for six years, was on the brink of uh, bankruptcy because of, because of uh, economic crisis and, and political situation and whatnot. Anyway, there were external reasons, <laughs> as I thought. Uh, but it just happened so that my relationship with my business partner at that time was uh, very strained and I was incredibly unhappy. And I, uh, as a good entrepreneur, I was telling myself, I have to, I have to do that because of the business, because of the partners, the clients, uh, everything. So I was uh, telling myself the story that I needed to sacrifice my own well-being for the sake of something bigger than myself, which is my business. But then it became so unbearable that uh, I remember saying a phrase in my head, I'd rather go bankrupt with a smile on my face than keep going like this one more day. And then I took a sledgehammer and I smashed our relationship and I, I didn't know if my business will survive or not. But the, now, of course, it was 2014, uh, eight years later, I can tell you the moment I actually solved that problem, which seemed to do nothing with business, my own problem of well-being, I, like, my challenges didn't bother me. It wasn't about the challenges. It wasn't about near bankruptcy. It wasn't about economic crisis. It was about the challenges didn't excite me anymore because I was deeply unhappy. So very often we misunderstand. We think that what bothers us is our success. But in reality, what bothers us is that we are not happy that even those things that used to make us, you know, inspired, they don't spark us anymore. Wow. And I just think that's incredible insight in a way it's it's allowing you to then become flossom, right? And, and live a more flossom life. Like I'm going to use that word as like an acronym now. <laughs> it, it's the flossom way of being, becoming flossom. And I think it's going to be used in a lot of terms because I, I see that, you know, we might think we have so many problems, but really when we deal with our own happiness and make that, and I think that was the decision that you're talking about there, making that decision. Um, just unfolds a whole bunch of new, new ways and new, new ways for you. Well, that's been absolutely incredible. And thank you for sharing with us. And thank you for spending your time with us today. Christina has been delightful having you here on Amplify You. Any last words of wisdom before we let you go today? Well, it's a, it's a little bit of a, <laughs> it's a little bit of a, um, how to say, request, which is a bit hard for me. I mean, wisdom. I would share the words of, uh, of Cinderella's mother because they're my favorite and they're the shortest. Have courage and be kind. Hmm, love it. <laughs> I love it. And now, now where can we best support you with your Becoming Flossom book as it's launching? Well, the best way to support any uh, starting writer is to buy a book, of course. <laughs> That's the best way to support. <laughs> buy a book for yourself and your friend. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> 
We will definitely do that. And we will put the links in the show notes to where we can go ahead and do that and help support Christina on her mission of the Becoming Awesome, Becoming Flossom book. And uh, I just think you're creating a movement with this book. I can say Flossom for so many different things. (laughs) I absolutely love it. Thank you, Christina, for being here today. And have a fabulous day. Amplify you listeners. Go out and support Christina. Grab her book. Help her get to New York Times bestselling author. And we will love reading it. Share with us all the wisdom that you've gathered from that book after you've read it. We'd love to hear more. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you, family, for joining us on this adventure. If you're ready to be heard, head over to mypodcastcoach.com where you'll find out all the tools and tips you'll need to launch your podcast today. If you have a show already and you need some help managing it, please head over to managemypodcast.com and the Amplify You team would be happy to help you manage your podcast. Please also head over to iTunes, like, subscribe, or review our show so we can spread this message. And until next time, be your own unique genius.